Hi guys, I'm Matt Harris, host of the HMO Experience Property Podcast. And in this episode of the podcast, my co-host Steve Mitchell has a chat with Julius Hunch as part of our Rising Stars series. Now, Julius discusses how he came to London with 500 euros and started off selling ice creams in Leicester Square before becoming a hospitality manager at some of London's prestigious five-star hotels. Julius also shares how he overcomes rejection and how mentoring and training have really helped him along his property investing journey and enabled him to build a significant rent-to-rent HMO property portfolio in Southwest London. Now, if you're looking to start your own HMO property investing journey, then this is definitely the episode for you as you can get some inspiration from someone who's actually doing it right now. If you like this episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to so that you get weekly notifications as to when new episodes drop. In addition, head over to our YouTube channel, the HMO Experience Property Podcast. Hit the subscribe button. Make sure the bell notifications are on so that you can get notified when bonus content in addition to podcast episodes drop, such as the HMO Diaries and the Friday Finance Takeover. And lastly, head over to our Facebook page, the HMO Experience Property Podcast. Press the like button as we give some additional bonus content, such as the HMO Experience Bite Size and the Friday Finance Takeover. So now that all that is done, let me hand you over to Steve and get on with the show. everyone. Welcome to another edition of the HMO Experience Property Podcast. This is episode 58. So first of all, uh, we'd like to wish you a very happy Christmas that's due this week. It might look a bit weird because uh, we're sitting in the blazing sunshine. We're actually rec- obviously recording this earlier in the year and it's one of the hottest days. So that's why we're not in sort of a Christmas attire. Um, but anyway, I'd love uh, for you guys to uh, meet Julius, Julius Honch from Live In Limited. Say hi to everyone, Julius. Hey guys, how are you? So everyone meet Julius. Julius has met everyone, so that means we're all friends now. Um, and what we're going to be doing over the next sort of 25 minutes or so um, is just chatting to Julius about his journey because his journey um, I've been uh, following for uh, a little while now and I'm amazed at the work effort of the man. He is absolutely on point with um, being focused on what he uh, wants, uh, going out and getting what he wants. And he's also very conscious of um, some of the areas that he probably wasn't so uh, uh, strong on. It wasn't his strong suits and therefore uh, willing to go out and, and find advice and, and to have continual improvement in his business. So maybe we'll touch on some of those points uh, later on in the podcast. But Julius, do you just want to maybe start by uh, sort of introducing yourself um, and tell us a little bit about your backstory. So what after you maybe left college or university, uh, what happened um, and uh, share that with us? Sure. So when I, um, I studied in, in university, um, unfortunately, uh, it wasn't for me. After a year in university, I saw my friends finishing university. They went to work in in a little as a as a cashier, uh, unfortunately. So I decided I, it's not for me. I went to UK. So I took uh, 500 euros and I came to London 
I printed 10 fake CVs uh, on my first day. I walked around Leicester Square and I got a job in five minutes uh, selling ice cream. Uh, so that was, that was the thing when I came to the UK first time. Um, from then, I, I started to work in hospitality industry, working through different positions. It was pretty, pretty easy to get to management levels in five-star hotels, the most luxurious hotels in, in, in London or even the world, if you want to say. So yeah, that's that's uh, how I came to UK and um, started working here. Um, property, yeah. So you so you came to the UK. Can I just ask what what was? Uh, did you have a good command of the English language? Did you find that a struggle? <laughs> no idea. Well, um, I uh, I I was good at school um, in English language, but when you come here, you expect you know the teachers they te- they teach you this like. Hi, how are you? <laughs> yeah, when you come to the UK, you don't understand a word. So it was quite difficult. So, but yeah, you know, it's it's something uh, you have to live with. You learn uh, as you, as you go. So. Absolutely. And in terms of that sort of um, picking up on that sort of determination, so you you come to a uh, a strange land. You don't really understand the, uh, the the language, but you. You, you took action and you went out and got, got uh, what it is that you wanted. Is that something that um, was sort of instilled into you in, in your parents? Or how, how did you sort of get this uh, go-getting attitude? <laughs> I mean, I always ask myself a question, uh, like, what's the worst thing can happen? <laughs> There's nothing really but you know, could stop me doing things because if I ask myself the question, what's the worst thing can happen? And really nothing. So then I just do it. I mean, I think, you know, when I always ask advice or anything from my parents, especially from my dad, he always said, well, you know, you're a big boy, you figure it out. So I just went and figured it out. And uh, that's how it was. <laughs> oh, so, so would you say that you had sort of an entrepreneurial spirit from uh, oh, yeah. or or did you sort of see yourself working for some big sort of corporate in in maybe the, the hotel or the leisure industry did you did you see yourself as an employee or an employer um to be honest with you when i was young i didn't know um of course definitely i i knew i, I don't want to be an employee but there was not really um kind of i didn't know how to how to not to be employee um so it was a kind of, I was an entrepreneur from the beginning. When I was in, uh, in high school, I used to go to Ukraine, buy perfumes, you know, fake perfumes, sell it on the internet in school, give it to doctors to give me, you know, papers for, so I don't have to go. So I did a lot of different things. I sold many different things, mobile phones, clothes, everything you could imagine back home. You know, that was how I made money. Uh, but uh, yeah, when I came here, the employment was only one, one way I could do I didn't know anyone. But I'm very t- thankful that I could uh, be an employee because, um, you know, it teaches you the work ethic. It, teach you, it teaches you to be on time. It teaches you, you know, when you hang over, you still have to go to work and do the things. You know, it was like really good, good thing that I was an employee. I really, yeah, I'm very happy. Cool. And I know that you went to work for some um, uh, well-known uh, uh, hotels. We won't mention um, who they are, but... Uh, I'd imagine that you've got some interesting stories from, uh, <laughs> from from working in those places. And how did that? Um, what, what was some of the biggest things that you, you, or one of the biggest things that you've learned from uh, working in that sort of uh, five star 
um, hospitality industry? Well, we can also mention the name of the hotels is not an issue. Uh, was it Ritz, Mandarin Oriental, Bulgari, Browns, Connaught, and private members clubs in Mayfair? So different places. What I've learned was, um, I'd say most important, it's a people skill because firstly, you have your colleagues, you know, you have to know how to make sure that they do the job they, they need to do, even if they have period, they broke out with their boyfriend, whatever. So you learn that kind of people skills. And the customer service, it's on different level, you know. Um, so that was two different things. And of course, my customers were all royalty or celebrities or bankers or very rich people. And all the time, all, all the, everything they talked about was only property or stock market. So I knew that property was the way to go. <laughs> wow. So would you say that that was one of the catalyst moments to say, well, if all these wealthy people are talking out about property and stocks, then that's something I need to go and start to learn about. Oh, definitely. I knew that property is the way to to become, I wouldn't say financially free because I don't like that, but yeah, it is the way that I could invest and, and start running the business. The property was something I, I thought it was a great, great thing to do. I just didn't know how to do it. That was the problem. You know, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad when I was 18. So I had a kind of idea what it was about. It's just I didn't know how to. You know, I didn't know what exactly to do, where to go, who to talk to. You know. so, so what did you do then? Um, I listened. I read the books. I, I, did, I read a lot of books. I listened to a lot of books. And one which really um, changed everything was uh, from actually from Rob Moore. Uh, because there, there was, what was it called? Uh, property Secrets, 44 Property Secrets. Something yeah. like that. And he explained a few things on different strategies, how it works. I said, oh, that's how it works. I need to go to get a course. You know? So that was, uh, was that. So you started to read some books. You, you slowly amassed your um, knowledge. Um, why didn't you just go out and take action after reading some books? Why did you feel that you had to go and, because um, I, I, I think you went through, well, I know you went through progressive property. So yeah. why couldn't you go and take action just by sort of looking at some books? It's not really specific. It's not technical in what, what exactly to do. It's, it's not that easy. If you're a foreigner, you have no idea how to open company. You don't know these things. So you need to know someone who, Who's, who's done it and show you how to do it. So it was very important to get that, you know, just one only direction and I, I will go. I don't need more than that. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's working with people who are maybe just a couple of miles down the road further from where you are, but what, what were the, some of the values or, or some of the uh, benefits that you got from taking that approach? Well, the benefits clearly, um, I'm not working anymore for anyone. Uh, I have my own business. That's the benefit, I think, the biggest benefit. But no, definitely, um, I think, yeah, it, mindset change. Mind, you change your mindset, the, the network you create around yourself when you get to know these people, it's, it's different, yeah. I would say yeah, it was very beneficial for me to, to do that. Okay. So you, you then went and got some education. Um, and you, what sort of strategies or what sort of um, opportunities were you looking at at the time? Were you, were you looking at sort of little buy-to-lets or were you looking at something bigger? What, what, were you, what did you want to do? Yes. Yes, I, I was thinking, what, what can I do? Um, I had some money 
I had not not a lot, but not a small amount. I had some money, and I knew it wasn't enough for London uh, to buy in London because uh, London is very expensive. I didn't want to go out of London. There's no point. I live in London. I have family here. I had a, a daughter on the way that time when I started the business, so I could. I didn't want to go out of London. So the start, the easiest way to start was um, rent to rent. So that's that's and that's why I chose this uh, strategy and, and area it was convenient around me, and I knew that there is a need in the market. Yeah. So, you know, so working with the people in in hotels uh, when we having a lunch in a canteen, or you know, I kept asking people about how they live, where they live, how much they pay. I did my research. I had a lot of contacts in hospitality industry and everyone who works in that kind of industry, hospitality, retail, or they don't have high salaries. They need to live somewhere nice, you know, not in a house where 10 people share one bathroom. So there, there was a need. I, I knew from people there is a need for, for that. Okay. That's why so I started doing it. So you started your company. What was the name of your company? It's called Live In. Live in, and if people want to check out um, your company, or if there's uh, any landlords on there that, that want to connect with you, how might they do that? They can or go to the website. Uh, we have living.co.uk or Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all the social media. Uh, they can get in touch through. Cool. So, so you've got so, you, so you've been educated. You've decided your strategy. You want to do uh, rent to rent. Uh, you're from the hotel um, and uh, uh, hospitality sex, um, um, market. So did you not naturally sort of think about service accommodation? Uh, no. I wanted to get as far as I could from hospitality industry. Just dealing with the people every day, you know, complaints, different things. It's something I didn't want to do anymore. And and it's not also stable from... from uh, you know, perspective. I mean, the financial perspective. You, 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 you live on hope of getting the the, the bookings. Okay, I, I didn't like that. <laughs> so you, so you went into the into the HMO um, market uh, on, on a rent to rent basis. Uh, yeah. How easy was it to get your uh, first property? It wasn't easy. It, it was definitely difficult. It took me, I think, two months since I started. Um, but the effort I put into, uh, I think, uh, yeah, that it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. You know, you don't have any experience. You don't have any knowledge, uh, you know, uh, credibility, nothing really. So what I, I used to do, I used to send emails to every single agent in the area for the properties I didn't even want to see. I just went to meet them there and have a chat and offer them whatever coffee and find business-minded people, which they wanted to maybe earn some money on the side. I thought maybe that will be the way, and yeah, I was I was lucky as as uh, I was at work once on the computer, and a letting agent texted me, "Hey, I have ten properties to show you on company." I said, "Great!" <laughs> so that was that was how I got it. I found the agents; they deal only with company lights. So that's it was difficult. Yes. Okay, so I mean, you you sort of glide over that I mean uh, it's really really difficult it took two months to get your first deal but but the amount of effort and determination did that did you sort of draw upon your um, sort of uh, uh, I don't know your teenage years or your coming to the UK your sort of resilience to 
um, keep going even in the face of rejection? Or, or how did you overcome rejection? I was I was always um, kind of like this. Even even I was in a, working in a hotels, um, I had pretty good job salary pay. But I always every month I looked at the new jobs positions I could never achieve. Uh, I, I could never even think of that they could employ me. But I went. I applied for thirty. 40 positions and I went for bureau for interviews constantly. I wanted to just see if I can do it. And uh, what's the worst thing can happen, right? They can say no. <laughs> so, I can, I can hear your dad's words ringing in your ears. <laughs> what can happen? Nothing. Just did it. And I knew that the best advice, to be honest with you, what, what I ever got was from Peter. He was instructor for a masterclass on uh, progressive. And we were in the pub so at that time. I was still smoking, smoking outside. He was leaving, and and we asked him like, "What would be the best advice uh, you you could give us?" And he said, "Just you know, when you do the action, some outcome will come at the end." But I thought, "Yeah, that's that's really true. You need to do something to get something, right?" So. Yeah, my dad had a saying. He used to say, um, uh, "Output is directly proportional to input." So. If you're yes. not getting something out the end, you've got to really examine what's what are you doing, putting in at the beginning of the process in order to to, to generate an output, and that that's something that sort of always uh, stuck with me. So if you ha- if you're not getting results, is you've got to go back and and look at uh, what it is that you're doing. So let's talk about some of that doing. What what um, uh, you, you mentioned that you were emailing people. Now I know that you're quite innovative on the marketing front. So do you want to share with us a couple of your um, more eccentric uh, marketing activities? Uh, you have on mind my air freshness. Yes, I Car do. Air <laughs> Actually, I, I received a phone call after eight months now, uh, a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> from the air freshness. So I, I yes, I, I watched. Uh, I washed my car once in a, in a car wash, local car wash, and they were um, giving an air freshness for free, right? I was like, yeah, this is the thing. You know, I print 2,000, I give it to every car wash in the area to, to give it for free. So I printed there my contact details and, and whatever we do and started to receive phone calls. That was a great idea. That was really good. Air freshener, I think I'll print another 5,000 soon. Brilliant. And, and you are the first and only person that I know of that has uh, tried that uh, marketing avenue and, and maybe got some success from it. But in yeah. terms of, um, in terms of uh, let's, let's sort of switch tack. So we know that you're um, uh, very creative. We know that you are very determined. Um, let's talk about some of the, the challenges that you found. So what, w- what would you say was the biggest challenge that you had to overcome? The challenge is constant uh, of of bringing new business and getting the properties. This is the biggest challenge. Uh, then the challenges uh, I had was when when I started to grow a little bit, and then I had to spend time in bringing new business, but then managing the old business. So that was kind of challenging time being at the two two sides of that at the same time. There are a lot of challenges. There's always challenges, but. Uh, I don't take them as challenges. I take them as a normal day. It uh, just goes through it. And yes, uh, the biggest challenge is to find the properties. Okay. So um, how how did you over how did you overcome that challenge? What uh, we know that you sort of emailed a whole bunch of yes. uh, agents, and mm. you've mentioned um, about the 
um, the, the customer service element that you yes. uh, sort of picked up. So did, did you draw upon uh, any of those experiences in your sort of uh, hotel life, for want of a better expression, and, and bring that into No, not, I wouldn't say so. The, the hotel experience, I'd, I'd say I brought to our customer service, more to our clients or our tenants. So we try to do our best for them in terms of communication, in terms of services we provide, etc. Et in terms of bringing your business, I understood that it's, it's, you need to be straightforward, you know, very honest, transparent, and look for people which are business-minded. So I, I use uh, I, I use a lot of agents. I work with agents a lot. And I walk into the agency all the time, different agency. I don't really know. And say, hi, guys, who's doing lettings? Do the company lets? Yes, no. If not, then I go. It's not wasting my time because there's thousands of agents in the area. Why would I waste time with them? And that's how I, I got to develop relationships because you see these people, they, they want to earn some money or commission or something that they will start bringing you properties. I know it maybe shouldn't say it, but uh, that's how it works. Uh, I was surprised I wasn't getting properties and I wasn't lucky with that. And I spoke with a friend of mine. He has 30 um, under management uh, guaranteed rent. And I asked him, so how come you always get a property every week? And I can't. So how do you pay agent? I pay thousand uh, pounds um, a property. Okay, now I know why they'd never give you property. There's 10 other people paying them a lot of money. So. And it's an inducement or a sweetener, perhaps, is yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and because we've not, we've never had that experience. Maybe, maybe that's sort of a, a London um, thing, but I guess what that does illustrate is um, knowing what the rules of the game are, even if yeah. it's uh, even if there's like a, a subtext or a subplot. It's, it's understanding uh, how you need to operate in, in any one in environment. And, and what was your sort of init initial thought or feeling when you knew that you had to start um, offering uh, incentives in order to yeah. get business? I never really was fun of it. I never paid an agent substantial amount of money except maybe a bottle of champagne with 50 pounds inside. That was it. Um, I don't feel good about this. Uh, I try to create relationships on personal level with them. Um, we're still friends. As, as I said, now my employee is my first agent who gave me my first property. Now he works for me. So we, I created these relationships uh, with the agents. That's how I started to get properties. But I know that if I'll be starting again, <laughs> I definitely have 500 pounds ready for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, it's unfortunate, but it's real, real life. You know? yeah. Agents yeah. won't work. It's part of the part of the rules of engagement, isn't it? I mean, it's um, in 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 a lot of industries. If you don't, uh, if you're not getting successes, then there's obviously something that you're missing, um, and it is just understanding what what the rules are. And uh, more often than not, go by another example where you've just gone and asked a question: How come you're getting a deal a week and I'm not? And, and you get a straightforward answer. When you see, once you know the answer, you can then decide how you might want to uh, um, progress, but it is all part and parcel of, of, of the business. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, your business growth then. So um, you mentioned that you just taken on your first employee, which is uh, which was uh, one of your agents. But I know for a fact that you had a couple of people sort of helping you out before. So yes. in terms of at what point did you realize that um, actually this is now getting a bit too much 
for just me on my own and I need some support. What, what, what were some of the signs or some of the um, um, triggers that uh, you experienced? It was last year when I took uh, two properties at the same time um, and I had them empty for two months. And I constantly was doing viewings. I did like 80 viewings a month and really no results. And and there were a lot of agents contacting me with new properties. I couldn't go to do viewings for new properties. I couldn't do viewings for their rooms. There was kind of, I couldn't manage. I, I couldn't do any of this. So that's when I realized I need someone to, to help me with letting site. And, and when you get, but I knew even, that was my fifth property when I when I got the person on board. It wasn't that many uh, rooms, not that many units, but I realized it is better to start now and have it everything ready when we become big. And in terms of bringing someone on board, what, what's, what's that, did that person have experience or did you... Uh, did they have no experience and you had to teach them everything that you wanted them to do? No, no, she didn't have an experience, uh, any experience. I mean, she used to be a manager in some type of place, a uh, restaurant or something. So she had kind of experience with computers and writing reports, but no, not, not in particular with properties. And did you find that um, uh, a beneficial or, or a hindrance? I'd prefer someone with experience, but I couldn't really choose um, that time. I need someone, and, I, and it's not a rocket science, to be honest. You just show people, do, do this and do that. It's not like you need a PhD for that. You need to take some spare room, or you need to take a person to show the flat. It's not that difficult. So yeah. it's all easy cool. to learn. And you're, you're operating in uh, London, and you're, yes. you're growing your business. Um, What's the London market right uh, like right now? Because as we're uh, recording this, we've been through the first wave of COVID, and uh, we're not into a, a second wave yet. So I guess uh, that that may have a uh, an impact. But w what's happened to the London market over, say, the last sort of three or four months? What have you? What is your experiences, and what have you seen? So my personal experience is different to what people say, um, because as soon as the um, um, the whole thing started with the pandemic. Um, I started to receive uh, quite a lot of um, properties. Uh, a lot of people started to... I, uh, first month of coronavirus, I had uh, one new property. I had one other one under management. And I viewed another 27 in one week or so. And then constantly viewing more and more. So it was... It was very slow in terms of letting the property out to people. They didn't want to move or anything like that was a lot of properties available for companies. Um, now it's changed. As, as we spoke prior to that, we're having so many inquiries uh, for rooms available. People start to move back to London from different countries. When they left for, for Corona, they're coming back now. So they're starting to, to get, get in touch. We're really busy now, really busy. And was it uh, a little bit of, um, I won't use the word shock, but how did it feel about maybe some of those agents that had previously said to you, sorry, we don't have any properties for you, uh, and now maybe they're coming and, and offering uh, properties to you? How, how did that make you feel? No feelings. <laughs> no feelings. I mean, great. Perfect. Uh, I, I have a look. It doesn't mean that I'll work with them still. The property needs to be good for me to, to, to work with them 
It doesn't matter what agent it is. And I know that one agent says no, it doesn't mean that I don't take it as a no. I take it like, great, okay, there's next. When you're ready, <laughs> call me. You know, yeah. it's your your loss, not mine. Yeah, no is not a no. It's just a not yet, and and not you've, got to, you've exactly. got to have that sort of tenacity uh, to go back. But I mean, I I find it um, uh, interesting. Let's put it like that. That that and, and I know you have put in a phenomenal amount of effort into building those relationships, and and it is quite interesting how the dynamic has now turned. Um, and uh, and your business is is growing as a result of that. So let, let's talk about your business sort of going forward. Where, where do you uh, see yourself in in maybe sort of six or or, or twelve months time? Oh, I thought you asked years. <laughs> 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 six six months. Okay, so um, in six months, uh, um, would like to add another four guaranteed rent properties to portfolio, another six under management. And that's why we do a new marketing. We have a new branding, focusing on that exactly. Uh, Twelve months um, is. I want to have a little break to make things settle and then start to acquire new properties again, mostly on management basis. So my long-term goal. I can't really tell you exact amount of properties within twelve months which I want to acquire, but I I have a. I'm, a vision in my head where I want it to be. That's that's how I operate. Perfect. So, in, in terms of that vision, then, how, it, it was, is it something that sort of comes instinctively to you as to where you, where you want to go uh, in terms of the direction of, of your business? Uh, how much time do you actually spend thinking about uh, the, the direction and the growth of your business? A lot, a lot. Um, I uh, I constantly. Think about improving, about growing. I have, re- I really like the idea um, of. <laughs> I don't want to say it, but I really like the idea of big cooperation. I like that 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 a big company. I, I like that. I, I'd like to run something like this in the future. So I imagine myself there. And now I try to figure out how to do it. What's the best things to do for me to get there to have that kind of business, the machine. So, yeah. So you've gone from I, work? I, I, yeah, I think a lot. I think a lot about how I, every single, single aspect, what can I improve every day, every day. And, and do you um, just have your rent-to-rent rent HMO business or, or do you have other businesses that you operate as well? Well, we have construction business. Uh, this is a very, very short period of time we're running it so but it's getting better i think in construction business you need to earn your credibility you need to earn your name to become better and better and bigger so this one will take a long time definitely i would like to start another business um i just need to figure out what exactly i know what model i would like i would like subscription model <laughs> this is something what i'm really interested in i just need to crack what's needed and charge people three pounds a month <laughs> um so yeah that, that's that's the business i I'm property business construction business and some type of subscription business in the future maybe five years from now yeah i uh, i just i paused my audible um subscription account uh back in when was it uh i think it was like april or something like that i took a like a three month sabbatical from it um, and then uh, automatically it pops up. It's amazing how seven pound ninety nine. You just don't notice it 
going out of the bank account. But when you've got like a thousand seven pound ninety nine or a hundred thousand seven pound ninety nine, it certainly uh, adds up. So um, we're, we're going to be drawing to a close. So I've got two um, sort of uh, final little bits for you, um, which are one uh, you'll know about. The second one is uh, straight off the cuff. But um, we'll, I'll ask you a question. Um, so, so what's one piece of advice or what would be your best sort of tip um, in terms of either people who are uh, looking to get into property and, and particularly HMOs or people who are operating in uh, HMOs right now? What would be your advice? And then after that, I'm going to uh, do three quick fire questions and it's just uh, whatever comes into your head. Is that all right? Certainly. Yeah. Cool. So the advice, I, I don't like to give advice, but if I could, I'd say get help from someone like you, Steve. You are amazing. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I love work. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, it's, it's, yeah, I, I'm always just straightforward. And I think that really that you're amazing in terms of helping people running their business. So get help. Um, just do it and be prepared to lose. Yeah, absolutely. Be prepared to lose. Uh, a lot of people think that you can start a business with no money down or anything like this. Uh, have a property empty for two months and then we see. Good, good, good words of advice. So, we're coming on to the, the quick fire round. So, it's just three quick questions, nothing complicated, um, whatever comes into your head. So, uh, the first question is What's your favorite meal? Favorite meal, pizza. Pizza, any particular kind of pizza? Pepperoni. Pepperoni, you're a meat man. But this, this is the period of the year when I like pizza. Maybe if you ask me December when, when, when the, the interview will be out, I'll tell you different. <laughs> <laughs> cool, okay. So uh, next is favorite holiday destination. Hmm. Canary Islands. Canary Islands. So uh, have you been there before? Yes, yes. I travel the uh, all islands. Yes. Perfect. I've never, never been there. Actually, no, I tell you what, I've been to Grand Canaria once when I was about eight and it was probably one of the worst holidays I've ever had because every <laughs> night I knocked my drink over on the on the dinner table and my dad was just not impressed with me so and that's the only <laughs> that's the only memory I've got from the holiday um what we used to do we travel the islands that's that's the most uh, exciting bit I don't like to lie on the beach but these islands are so small that you can just rent a bike and go around them for a whole week so cool. that's why Never done that. Maybe that should go on my holiday list. Um, final question. Final question is, what's your favorite book? Selling to Win. Selling to Win. Who, do you know yes. who that's by? Yes. Uh, I'm very bad with names, but I'll tell you. It is really, really good book. I highly recommend. Whatever you do, this is really good book. Um, really like it. Have you learned so, some, uh, some good uh, tips and tricks from, from it? And, and have you put that into practice? Yes, 100%. Uh, in everyday life. It's by Richard Denny. Richard Denny. We'll put a link yes. in the show notes yeah. below for those of you. But there, there is a lot of books which I really like and, and change the way I, I see things. So, do, you, yeah. um, do you prefer to read or do you uh, prefer to listen? Listen. Listen. I can read. Yeah, I think I should read a little bit more to to improve my um, English language and uh, you know the vocabulary. I think reading will help a lot, but listening it's much more convenient when you do things driving. Exactly. Well, I think your English is amazing. Certainly um, better than my. You're Polish, aren't you? 
Slovakian. Slovakian. I'm so sorry. No. I, should, no I should have known that. <laughs> so, cool. Okay. So look, we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, Julius, I know that you're a really busy man. So thank you very much for taking uh, some time out with us. Uh, we really do appreciate that. Um, for all of those uh, that want to check out Judas, then as he mentioned, uh, check out his uh, website. What's your website one last time? It's uh, live-n.co.uk. Cool. So um, go and check out his website. Uh, hook up with him on social media as well. Um, Julius is uh, a very driven, very successful individual. And uh, he's uh, whilst he's um, uh, very focused and very, uh, very driven in terms of what he wants to get, he, he's also a great guy and, and will share um, tips and tricks with you as well, particularly if you're operating in London, albeit not on Julius's patch, because there's only one person <laughs> that works on Julius's patch. I love, I love competition. I love competition. There's no, nothing, nothing wrong with, with that. If they're coming here, at least we get better. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Great. Another example of great attitude. So, Julius, yeah. thank you very much for your time. Um, if you're not a subscriber, then please smash the like button, or if you're watching this on YouTube, and subscribe. If you haven't subscribed for the HMO Experience Property Podcast, then please go to our website, which is www.thehmoexperience.co.uk. Subscribe there and we'll deliver every Monday uh, the next episode direct into your inbox so you can listen at your viewing pleasure. So it's goodbye from me and say goodbye to Julius. Have a great evening or day. And we both like to wish you a very happy Christmas, which is happening on Saturday, according to my calendar. So uh, have an amazing time over the Christmas break. And we will catch you on the 28th uh, for our last episode of the year. So take care. Thanks for listening, guys. Really appreciate you tuning in. Before you head off, I'd like to ask you to do three things. The first thing is head over to Amazon and buy the HMO Blueprint, which is Jamie's new book that was published on the 26th of October. You can find the link in the show description. The second thing is, whatever podcast platform you're listening to right now, make sure you hit the subscribe button so that you get weekly notifications as to when new episodes of the podcast drop. And the third thing is, head over to the HMO Experience Property Podcast Facebook page. Make sure you click that like button so that you get notified when we drop bonus content such as the HMO Diaries and the Friday Finance Takeover. That's it. See you next week.